Hi there, and thanks for tuning in to the Four-Eyed Radio Network. You're about to listen to another proud presentation brought to you by Revenge Lover Designs. Stand out from the crowd. For more information, visit revengelover.com and mention the podcast for 10% off of your order. Wallop and web snappers. My spider sense is tingling. Tingling. Anybody else's spider sense tingling? Welcome to Walloping Web Snappers, a Spider-Man podcast where we dive into every Spider-Man cartoon ever made. I'm Doug. And I'm Derek. And is your spider sense tingling? <sighs> To listen to the show, find us on 4EyedRadio.com and wherever you get your podcasts. This podcast is brought to you by Revenge Lover Designs, illustration and design that fit your personality. For samples and inquiries, visit RevengeLover.com. And we continue our 1967 coverage, which means we've got a friend with us. Um, this is a guest you've heard if you've listened to our Falling with Style show, and they are one of the hosts of the upcoming podcast, Distant Echoes, a Star Wars podcast. It's Tommy. How's it going, Tommy? Hello. I was going to, when you said we've got a friend with us, I was going to say you've got a friend in me as a callback. <laughs> uh, oh. It's weird. I didn't mean to be doing that. And then as it was happening, I was like, oh no, this is happening involuntarily out of my own mouth. <laughs> it's okay. I appreciate it. <laughs> it works given that you were our guest on uh, toy story so yeah well we are talking spider-man not pixar today hope you got the memo tommy oh no um <laughs> so as with all of our guests i would love to know what is your background with spider-man and if you have any background with this show in particular i would love to know that as well so my background with spider-man is is honestly kind of sparse um i definitely when i was younger watch the 90s animated spider-man show a ton when that was coming on and then uh was it in college derek when like the ultimate spider-man line and ultimate marvel line kind of came out um oh it came out when we were younger actually Um, but i I feel like we all were reading it like more in high school and college like i don't i don't think i don't think because i remember you read the ultimate stuff we just like didn't really dip our toes in it until it had been out for a few years i for for a while actually i think yeah i I was gonna say i think that's probably like my other uh kind of background with it was reading a, a handful of those not not as many as you did derek but um, and then also to the original uh, kind of uh, live action, not the original live action movies, but the live action movies that came out uh, when we were younger as well. Um, those would be kind of my background with Spider-Man. And then if I had to pick a favorite uh, uh, superhero movie, it would be um, why am I suddenly blanking on the name of the movie with Miles Morales? Uh, Into oh, the Spider-Verse. Into the Spider-verse yeah, I don't know why I was like, it just left my brain. Uh, that's I like was my waiting f- for you to say like Spider-Man 3 or like. Amazing Spider-Man 2 or something just like really like wildly controversial. <laughs> oh, no. But yeah. So, I mean. Like, oh, God. What is he going to say? What is he going to say? <laughs> um, but, but I mean, I've always appreciated Spider-Man. Um, funny enough, you know, when I was younger, my dad would watch a lot of old cartoons and stuff like that. And so I, I as I was watching this, I kind of felt like I may have seen an episode or two before, probably through mm-hmm. him. I know that he's watched uh, Spider-Man and his amazing friends 
Mm. before and i know i've seen a couple of those in fact i was telling him that i was recording this today and that was the one he asked he was like oh is that are you recording something on uh amazing friends and uh (laughs) i told him i wasn't but um and then i guess the other thing that i know this show specifically from is is kind of the memes that get screen capped i think a lot from it as well of course yeah of course (laughs) (laughs) well as usual, <laughs> nothing's changed since the last time we talked about the show. It is not available legally in streaming form. And to be quite honest, given that if the show were to end up anywhere, it would end up on Disney Plus, the episodes we're talking about, or at least one of the segments we're talking about, probably never will be available no. legally in streaming form. Oh god. Which Very we'll get into. <laughs> yep. But you can find these on DVD if you uh are ready to spend quite a bit of money on them. Yeah. The episode we're talking about, the first segment of this episode, is entitled The One-Eyed Idol. Uh, The synopsis per me is, everything is very bad. Uh, Original (laughs) air date, November 4th, 1967. You know, I feel like the energy that I brought from the from my very first uh, sound on this podcast is very clear now uh, on this segment. So we'll get into it. Yeah, Um, I'm sure you definitely know what this episode is about based on that synopsis, but we'll 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 get into more. (laughs) (laughs) Um, You certainly would not know that this episode is about one Harley Cliveden, another character made for this show highlighted here in this episode. Uh, and one that we, spoiler alert, will see return, so hopefully better than this. But Harley Clivenden is voiced by Chris Wiggins, who was the voice of Mysterio in this very series, who we talked about in our episode 102. Um, and the other character highlighted in this segment, but nowhere in any information <laughs> about this episode online, no. uh, for reasons I can assume, is his assistant, who I will refer to as the man in or from the window, because in addition to all the characters being horrifically racist to this character, he's not given a name or a voice at all in this episode. So bad. I mean, just so bad. So easily could have not done this at all. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. You didn't even waste time naming or voicing this character. So what, why, what? (laughs) So I I will say it's funny when Derek, when you sent this, the episodes over uh, the information about the episodes over and you kind of mentioned what was going to happen. I was, I I didn't know what to expect. And then it was literally like the first, I mean, it, it's so quick into the episode. And I just, my my jaw just kind of dropped and I was like, Oh no. Oh Yeah. Yeah. I got a fun I got a fun text from from uh, from you today that just said what the fuck yeah. all caps. <laughs> I was just like I, that was like as I was watching it and I mean I I was like this is uh, horrific um yeah but yeah so we we knew we were going to encounter some stuff covering this show because it is from 1967 um and we just assumed that if people are still you know, making racist portrayals of characters today, they almost certainly were in 1967. Um, And so this is our first, uh, like, major encounter in this series. We've encountered some stuff from, you know, the 80s series and stuff. Um, And even, you know, even beyond that, unfortunately. Um, But yeah, this is our first, our first major, like, oh, God, no, please, why, don't, no, (laughs) don't do this, don't do this. Um, A lot of this, a lot of the stuff that we've encountered, like, it's usually coming from 
such like a clearly either very ignorant place or 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 it was something where like oh you you were trying to do something and you just didn't understand what you were doing like i'm thinking like the sunfire episode of amazing friends where it's like you did they they were trying to do some progressive stuff but then like 100 percent missed the mark on on other areas that ended up like making it racist like clearly unintentionally um and this is a case where it's just like aggressively mean for literally no reason (laughs) yeah racism yeah absolutely um we'll we'll certainly dive uh more into this character without a name but let me start on what this episode is um and i'm sure we'll very quickly uh pivot right back to this because like tommy said the character shows up right away so uh this segment opens at the daily bugle where jameson receives a mysterious one-eyed idol from a quote secret admirer and betty loses her goddamn shit overseeing what is presumably though never clarified or clearly yeah. uh, described as an Australian Aboriginal man in the window. I have a um, lot of thing, a lot of, a lot of stuff uh, about that one detail, but we'll keep going. Yeah, sure. <laughs> we'll get into it. So, so put a pin in that. We will talk about it more than that for sure. So later that night, Spidey watches on as the idol hypnotizes Jameson and instructs him to rob himself. So basically what it does is it says, Hey, go get some money, put it inside of me, um, <laughs> in my head. Um, <laughs> and you know, forget this ever happened. So when Spider-Man moves on to investigate this, what he's seen, uh, he's hit with a boomerang clue. Number one, that this has anything to do with Australia, um, or an Australian and is then attacked by the man from the window who had arrived to empty the idol of what Jameson put into it earlier. So the next day, Betty quits when Jameson accuses her of being the one to rob him because apparently only he and she are the ones who would have been able to access the money that went into the idol. And then Jameson laments the existence of women altogether, which, cool, somehow not the worst thing this episode does. Yeah. yeah. Well, and I want to call it the way that the specifically the way that he like wishes there were no women is uh, is he says there shouldn't be any women at all in this world, just children and men, <laughs> which is the most like bizarre way, the way to put that and like the most troubling way to put that. Yep. Like, why are those yeah. the words that you wrote? <laughs> yep. Yep. <laughs> Considering Jameson doesn't have any children and never interacts with children in the show, a very weird thing for him to say. Don't like that. Don't like that. So he is hypnotized a second time and begins to rob himself again. When the man from the window returns a second time, Spider-Man intervenes, but the mysterious boomerang also appears once again and knocks Spider-Man out once again. When Spider-Man comes to, he's confronted by Harley Clivenden, the apparently Australian mastermind behind the idol. Um, I don't know about y'all, but if, if there were no context clues, I never would have guessed this character was Australian. Absolutely. <laughs> doesn't yeah. sound Australian at all. I don't think. And I'm yeah. not an expert, but that doesn't sound Australian to me. Sounds like a bad Michael Caine. <laughs> it seems like he's trying to do an Australian accident. Like, I feel like I can tell that that's what he's trying to do, but just <laughs> failing at it badly. Yeah. I mean, I, 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 I think like you said, the the boomerang was about all that <laughs> was what really yep. gave it away. But yeah, I didn't yeah. I didn't really pick that up from him at all. Yep. Yeah. So having wrapped Spider Man entirely up, uh, Clivenden, who is apparently the mastermind behind this whole plan, and the man from the window attempt to crush him underneath an elevator car, <laughs> so that no one will apparently uh, accuse Clivenden of this crime. <laughs> 
but they fail at doing so uh, because Spider-Man does escape just in time. As the man from the window empties the idol once again, Spider-Man and Clivenden throw lots of stuff at each other and miss pretty much entirely until Clivenden eventually pulls out a gun. Uh, the man from the window returns to help Clivenden, but Spider-Man instead tosses the man from the window at Clivenden. Spider-Man webs them both up, delivers them to Jameson for the police to retrieve, and the episode ends with Betty agreeing to be rehired by Jameson because she understands after he begrudgingly apologizes to her. It doesn't even really apologize. He's just kind no. of like, uh, uh, you know, you, 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 you know how I feel. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. you know me. You know me. Betty's just like, I understand, Mr. Jameson. Like, <sighs> I mean, I guess you do. <laughs> like, okay, true, I guess. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> okay, so, I, uh, Tommy, I'm... I'm uh-huh. <laughs> I hate that this is the first segment we have to talk about with you, but uh, what'd you think? <laughs> um, okay, so... It again. I mean, literally from the from the the start of the episode, I was just like, "Oh no!" Like, what is happening? I mean, mm-hmm. there were. I mean, I think I think as y'all talked about it in the 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 opening. I mean, the it, there's just so many. All of the characters are extremely racist at like some point. I feel like like even Spider Man says some th- stuff that I'm like, "Oh yeah. God, no!" Like, I don't even really want to. Re- Pete it because it feels weird um yeah, you know it does yeah and it was just like it was really off-putting and it it really honestly just like the entire that that entire part of the this episode that entire segment was just like just so off-putting because of it i mean there was some cool stuff uh that happened outside of that like my favorite part was when they were fighting and, and you mentioned it just a second ago doug when uh cliveenden pulls out the gun he says every good <laughs> hunter keeps something up his sleeve and then literally <laughs> just pulls out a handgun <laughs> like I loved that. I thought that was hilarious. Uh probably unintentionally, but I thought it was great. Um yeah. but yeah, everything else was just it was just awful. Like it was it it really my stomach was kind of in knots like watching yep. it a little bit. It's honestly yeah. bad in so many ways. It I is. Mean, it's it racist. Is. Jameson says horribly sexist things. The episode itself isn't even that good like no. without that stuff yeah that's what i was gonna it's say it's like a if weird you take that copy stuff out, of craven without using craven like there's so much about it that isn't good they've already done jameson being put in a trance like two episodes ago so like that's been recycled the plot is really boring they have the hunter even if they were doing a craven copy that wasn't craven the hunter he, it's like not even just a copy it's like the least interesting version of craven imaginable if you were doing a craven copy he's so boring yeah like this episode sucks like I, this is the worst one even without the racism <laughs> in it and, yeah and i was gonna say there were some like there was just some uh uh it almost felt like there was a lot of filler moments in this episode too because like spider-man climbs up uh to, to start and then gets knocked down and then yeah immediately is like i should climb back up and check on him and it's just like what like it just felt yeah. very like like unnecessary like some of that kind of stuff uh yeah there's like some unsuccessful suspense stuff around yeah. the whole like boomerang mysteriously being thrown by someone we don't see on screen like it doesn't pay off there's nothing there's nothing cool about when we find out who threw this boomerang <laughs> yeah like, you know like there's nothing cool about the boomerang like it's just it's weird yeah like he falls off only to go right back up there. They repeat stuff with the man from the window. They repeat mm-hmm. stuff with mm-hmm. uh, the the hypnotizing. Like it just, it just 
Oh my, it's like such a miss all around. <laughs> the only yeah. only really good stuff is like there is some funny stuff when Spider-Man and Clivenden fight. Like you mentioned, Tommy, like there's some stuff that's funny, but I think unintentionally as well, because a lot of it was funny because it was like slow and should yeah. have been fast. Um, I, I did laugh when like he throws the sword and then it moves in the air to cut Spider-Man's webbing. Uh, <laughs> that tickled me. <laughs> Yeah. Um, and then Betty quitting is like the only other good thing about this episode. Yeah. <laughs> and, and the Betty thing was uh, just so, so funny too, because she's literally just waiting outside the door. And I was just like, <laughs> the entire time I'm just thinking like, was she just waiting there the whole time? Did she just come back in that day kind of knowing this was going to happen? That was kind of the canon I put in my head was like, Jameson, Jameson has gone off like multiple times and she knows she's just, he's just going to need her again. I don't know. But yeah. it was just funny that it she was just funny. like, oh, Peter opens the door and she's just there. Yeah, <laughs> fully agree. I like that a lot, too. I also like uh, Spider-Man. The whole reason that he, like, investigates something going on at the very beginning oh, yeah. <laughs> is because the light is left on in the Daily Bugle. And he's like, Jameson's an old tightwad. He wouldn't leave the lights on. <laughs> so that mm-hmm. means something's got to be weird. <laughs> yep. Well, Derek, yeah. you said you had a lot um, to to sort of talk about with regards to the man from the window. I do, because um, it's complicated, right? Like, I think a big a big problem with this is that obviously there's obvious racism right off the bat, no matter what, just from the the really nasty things that people say to and about the character that I don't think was worth repeating. If you watch the episode, I feel like you can't yep. miss it. Yeah. But in addition to that, the way that he's presented because he has no voice, because there's nothing referencing his origin, like it does become really vague of like what he's even a racist caricature of. Like it ends up being offensive to multiple people because I think the context clues that we're pulling of him being an Australian Aboriginal is because Clivenden is supposed to be Australian. Right. And the way that the character is drawn, like I could see that being their interpretation of an Aboriginal person. At the very least, it's clearly a black character. It's clearly a black character, uh, you know, and the the bone nose piercing thing is present in like Aboriginal culture too. So like that, it's it's all that all checks out. Except a lot of like reviews and like uh, anything articles or anything written about this show pretty much exclusively refer to the character as like an African, or some people call him like a Bushman or of like of the uh, sand people of South Africa. Um, that's IMDb weird because was, the episode doesn't acknowledge any of that. So exactly. like, that's, that's all the thing. just people attribute it. Right, if I'm assuming correctly, right. it's all just people doing what I did as well, which is just putting some sort of identity on this totally yeah. underdeveloped and disrespected character exactly and and imdb also like says the idol is an and it is a uh, quote exotic african idol which is like says nowhere in the episode um unless there's like an old synopsis from it that specifies that and the other thing that complicates it is that um i couldn't find like any any like references or like copies of the script that show how the writers refer to this character. So I don't know how he was named in the script. Um, however, this the, the, the Spider-Man 67 book that I reference all the time on this podcast, the writer of whom does have access to the scripts, uh, he didn't publish any, any scans of the script that said that. Um, but... Uh, that writer refers to him as a Bushman, which leads me to believe that maybe that's what the writers referred to him as. And there is like a snippet of the original script in the book um, that says that the original ending of the episode was that as a joke, Spider-Man sends a voodoo doll to Jameson, 
which voodoo's origin is from West Africa. So like if if that was the joke they were trying to make, they were tying it all back to Africa. And also Craven has like deep ties to Africa. Lots of stuff in Cliveenden's room are from animals like rhinos and elephants right. and antelope that come from Africa. Um, but at the end of the day, none of that stuff is clarified. And it ends up like feeling even more racist because it ends up being like, are you just painting a broad brush of just like any hunter gatherer tribes that have exist in the world, anyone that's just like black or brown, like that exists in the world and just making that this, putting that all in this one character. Like that's kind of what it seems like by keeping it all vague. It ends up just being offensive to like multiple kinds of people. Yeah. You know? Well, absolutely. Because the character, the characters, well, first off, I mean, we're, we're being generous, even calling him a character because it's so obvious that the creators of this show didn't even respect, him enough to consider him a character like we're giving him more respect than the creators are for sure because everybody in the episode treats this human person as subhuman they do not treat him like another human being in the room it is so uncomfortable and so bizarre that this this episode exists like this is i mean i know that it's 1967 but you call it's also 1967 yeah like to put yeah. him in the room and have no one treat him like he's a human being, quite literally at points, is wild. It's unbelievable. Yeah. The, 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 it was a different time thing isn't an excuse for this because no. those conversations had <laughs> no. happened by that point and were happening concurrently with this show and were happening in Marvel comics, like Stanley's soapbox talking yes. about like racism and shit was a thing. Like those are, that's not an excuse. Yeah. And that's the only reason I can think that it could have even remotely ended up the way that it was like that. That's why I say they have to have not treated this like a human being, like this person, like a human being. Cause otherwise I cannot imagine a scenario where like this, like I, I still can't, I'm still having a hard time imagining where Stan Lee was like, yeah, okay. Yes. Yeah. Like what like, Stan, what? <laughs> like it's almost seems like this might be a problematic thing to say because there's like a lot of like racist baggage a- attributed to it. But like, it feels like he was written as like an animal companion, like a trained animal companion. And then they swapped him out for a person at the last minute. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it, it doesn't feel like he was ever written as a man, uh, which yeah, is, is like, that's a really common racist uh, thing to say is treating, uh, you know, people of color as like subhuman and unevolved, like they're animals. Right. So like, that's another level of baggage on it. That's truly bizarre. And the thing is, if it was a fucking like lion or something crawling up the, the fucking building, that would have been so much cooler. Yeah, like rad. that would have made the episode better. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I mean, like I said, I mean, one of the, maybe not the worst offending racist remarks but spider-man literally refers to the character as an animal um which is just like i I think there's possible i mean it does feel like that i think what you're saying is is accurate Derek. like it feels like they that you know is how they were thinking about it when they approached it but yeah i mean everything you all just said like i i completely agree with like i i mentioned i (laughs) it was just it set the tone of the entire episode so that uh uh, yeah. because of the, the way it just starts out i mean it's it's the the first thing that happens is just these you know racist depictions and remarks and like i said it just made the entire episode kind of be painted with that that brush yeah yeah and, and i think it's also worth mentioning that like there's like there's no people of color on this show ever even in like backgrounds i feel like that's in addition to the comics having the character of robbie robertson working in the, in the daily bugle and he's left out of the cast for this show mm-hmm. so like 
this is like our one person of yeah. color that we've like ever had in this show up to this point. And I think you mentioned this, Derek, that the or both of you have that the character doesn't have any lines. And I don't think that the man from the window actually makes any noise in the episode at all. Uh, no. even completely unvoiced i'm pretty sure even like being thrown like across the room and things like that like it's just it's so weird and bizarre like even even beyond just being racist it just felt so strange like it was just such a yeah. weird choice it, like even if you threw out the the fact that it was a you know kind of really racist decision it just felt weird like you know what i mean like it yeah. was just very strange to not have any sound at all from a character yeah it's like it's one of those things where it's like it's 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 pretty much entirely the reason like racism is entirely the reason this character is like disrespected the way that that they are and treated the way that they are but if you imagined a scenario where you had a character in this sort of same position that wasn't meant to be like a, a an like like some weird person like some racist person's caricature of a of an african bushman or whatever if it were just like a white assistant and you put them doing all the exact same things it would still be like what is going on with this character yeah. they never say yeah. anything they're they're <laughs> like no one ever really directly references them and all they really do is like pop in pop out and then get treated like an object to throw like it's it's really wild and like Again, the entire reason that is that he's treated this way is because he's a black character written by clearly racist people. Yeah. Um, but it just it yeah, exactly, Tommy. Like there it's even just as a character that is doing things in the context of the plot, it's really bizarre the things that they do and even more so the things that they don't allow him to do. Yeah. It's yeah. really weird. It's Bad. so ugh. Bad writing and bad direct directorial choice, like just in general, <laughs> like, bad all around. It's bad. Yeah, it's everything bad. about this bad. <laughs> Very bad. <laughs> I would uh, I would say too, like I think um, I'm gonna I want to I'll have I I want to uh, put some um, like anti racist materials in the show notes and stuff, just so there's like other 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 voices and, and materials like for listeners who might want to like read up on this. I mean, this episode it's like so obvious, like the racism in it is so obvious, like it's not even obscured. But I think it's still worth sort of reading up on some of the really specific sort of um, uh, reasons that this is uh, fucked up. So I'll, I'll include that in the show notes. But I also would say that like this is one of those cases where. We've said this before and these types of things things have come up, but like we're a bunch of white guys here. So if uh, I, I, so I think we would invite, if anyone does have any thoughts, like feel free to email them in, like any thoughts, experiences, or like feelings about this stuff or have more knowledge on it, feel free to write in. And I think that we would be happy to, uh, if you want, like read it on the podcast in a future episode or on like a bonus episode or something like that, because I don't want to subject anybody to this episode. <laughs> I don't think it's worth, a, I don't think it's worth watching at all. Like it's not even a fun, fun no. piece of cartoon history or anything. So don't seek it out if you don't want to, but if you are interested in like, this is the type of thing you think about, because I couldn't find anything like seriously written about this episode. You know, there are people who wrote reviews that like casually mentioned like, yeah, this feels a little bad. Um, but there just hasn't really been a lot of writing on this, on, on this episode, which I'm not surprised about, but, um, but if, if, you know, if, if you feel, if you feel like you want your voice to be heard in this conversation, I think we would we welcome hearing from you so you can feel free to uh to reach out. Yeah, absolutely. If we fucked it up, our ears are open to hearing that for sure. <laughs> I'm guessing that no one has any other deep thoughts on this one. <laughs> no. 
No. Um, the the only other just general thing that I I was gonna say, um, although I, I I hesitate to say it after you know everything you just said, Derek. But no, like, good. I I, okay. just, I just wanted to just <laughs> this is more of like a silly thing, but like, why didn't they take Spider Man's mask off when? they captured him like it, it, that just feels like a weird thing not to do like bro that's just a good question for like any spider-man yeah show in general, most of the time <laughs> that's not even specific to this segment that's like a deep spider-man philosophical question yeah i would have I, I will i will just point out i uh, i plowed through like the rest of spider-man and his amazing friends recently and there's an episode in the third season where he literally goes to jail and they never take his costume <laughs> off he is wearing his full costume, and there's even like an interaction where they're like, "like it's a court order. You have to tell us your real name." Uh, and he like gets gets his lawyer to like get them to stop from like revealing that his name is Peter Parker or whatever. And it's like, "You're he's in jail. You can take his mask <laughs> so off." <funny>. Like, <laughs> did he have like a jail like outfit on, and then just his mask? No. Oh, okay. he's just in jail. That's been amazing. <laughs> Oh, that's so funny. The the only other thing I was going to say, too, uh, was Spider-Man using his web to stop the um, uh, elevator from crushing him. Like, his web just becomes super solid in that moment. Like, what the hell? It's like a hard column of web. It was 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 like, that should smush you, dude. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, nothing else profound. It was literally the the top note that I have. I just wrote down was just, I mean, it's just really racist. (laughs) Yeah, it's 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 hard to focus on anything else in this episode, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah, and it's like I said, (laughs) it's not even good. Sorry, this is so funny. Uh, one of the lines that I wrote down that I thought was interesting was Spider Man saying, "There's a plot in this somewhere," and I just realized. I was like, as as you were saying that, I was like, this kind of applies to this episode. <laughs> like, yeah, it does. I love it that really line does. so much. I, I thought about that, too, because I was like, I've thought that sometimes watching this very show. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I make a note of that, because I think that's a good thing to pull with the caption. Yeah. And that it just in here somewhere in, in, in conjunction with the fact that like, like what you were just saying, like, it's hard yep. to think about anything else. It's like there is a plot in here somewhere, but it's hard to find. <laughs> Yeah. 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 Uh, <laughs> such a such a bummer. Should have just done a Craven episode, called it yeah. a day. Would have inherently been better. <laughs> just, In just, every way. Even yep. considering all the things that you can question about Craven, it instantly would have been better. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Let's 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 wrap this up and move on to the next one because it's better. Um, uh, way better. <laughs> Way better. Uh, so I think this is just for fun. I haven't I haven't really shared a lot of images and stuff from the uh, the Spider Man sixty seven book that I have. Um, but this is one of the more interesting ones, just because Cl- uh, Clivenden's original design. They like have some of the model sheets for him, and he's like. It's way different. Uh, yeah. and I th- I'll share it on social media. It was just like a vastly different take because he looks like they were trying to do. He wasn't. He's not like in the show. He's just a very typical like in shape hunter i guess and yeah. this dude was this the the original version of him is like more heavy set he's got some like stubble on him and he's like rocking some shades like it's a, it's a very different look yeah it makes me wonder if there was at some point an idea that this was like like he was a less credible version of client vinden you know what i mean mm-hmm. which you know is just based purely on like design cues i have no idea what they were actually planning but that's what i would guess based solely on the sort of uh, like visual cues with this this early pre-production design. Yeah. 
otherwise, some faces of the episode. Uh, not a whole lot here. I just think because we've literally just saw Jameson in a trance, like, <laughs> what, two or three episodes ago? Yep. Got another trance face from Jameson. At this point, he's just incapable of not being in a trance, I guess. And it looks like he's in a trance. So there you go. Wide-eyed hypnotized Jameson. <laughs> yeah. The show really cannibalizing over and over its own, <laughs> its own stories. <laughs> yeah. And then Clivenden, not an interesting character. I do think it's kind of interesting that he has exactly two faces. This really bizarre, like, uh, wide-eyed look that he has and then also just like cl- completely closed eyes like a mr magoo look yeah and it's weird it's like a two-frame it's like a two-frame talking animation at certain points where it's just like uh i mean that's 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 uh not entirely accurate because his mouth moves but like that's all his body does when yeah, he's yeah. like talking is just that head up head down movement <laughs> yeah like it just goes back and forth it for that one scene it's just funny yeah oy 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 not all right. Not good. Let's move on to a fun one because I think Please. this next one's genuinely fun. This one was fun. This one's uh, bananas. Yeah. This is the second segment of Spider-Man 67 season one, episode nine, entitled Fifth Avenue Phantom, which is a name that I love. Love that name. It's such a fun title. Um, the synopsis per me is Mannequin 3, The Reckoning. That might be a reference that me and like two other people are going to get, but the ones who are going to get it, y'all enjoy it. <laughs> Not going to bother to explain it for anyone. It's actually like a multi-layered reference. Just a production trivia. On that note, the working title of this episode was My Fair Mannequin. Beautiful. I love yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> so characters highlighted uh, in this episode, one primary character uh, introduced here. This is the Phantom, the Fifth Avenue Phantom, Phantom called different things, different places. Um, and Phantom is voiced by Max Ferguson. Uh, Max Ferguson was a Canadian radio fixture for like half a century. Um, and he was known for the shows Rawhide and the Max Ferguson show, uh, which, as I read about them, sounded like they were pretty important shows, in, at least in Canadian radio. Um, so that's pretty cool. I obviously don't know who he is, but I, I would guess that if I talk to a Canadian friend, they might. Uh, not sure. I think he retired in like 1998 or something. So uh, was on radio for a long, long time. He also voiced the Hulk as the first person to do so uh, in the Marvel Superheroes show, which we've talked about plenty of times alongside so many people we've talked about. And <laughs> he voiced a character named Mr. Thunderbottom in Romeo and Julie 8, an animated TV special produced by the Canadian animation studio Nelvana, which, a few fun facts about, holds the international rights to Beyblade is responsible for the 1995 animated never-ending story TV series, which, clarification, is not the single-season HBO series, which is a mistake we made when we brought it up last time, and is the production company behind Clone High, which was created in part by Christopher Miller and Phil Lord, the latter of whom co-wrote Into the Spider-Verse. So it's all connected. Everything is connected. Can you tell that I fell into a massive Wikipedia spiral looking up Max Ferguson? (laughs) You just threw a lot out there, dude. Every single thing that I clicked on, I was like, wait, I know that too. Wait, I know that too. I know that too. And it's all because we've talked about it on this very show. Personally, I'm still stuck on Romeo Zero and Julie Eight. Um... (laughs) I need to know everything about this. I was just going to say, I that sounds incredible, and I want to watch it. Um, I looked a little bit into it, and it looks nowhere near as cool as it sounds. Oh, that's, that's <laughs> I mean, good. who knows? The story might be fantastic, but uh, 
But when I when I saw like the title screen and I read like the brief synopsis of it, I was like, this sounds rad as hell. And then I looked up uh, some images and I was like, this looks not good at all. <laughs> <laughs> are they like robots or are they in the future or what, what's the deal? They yeah. are. So they are they are robots. Romeo okay. and Juliet are robots uh, okay. who are created by competing uh, robotics companies. Uh, Mr. Thunderbottom, I believe, is the creator of Romeo eight or Romeo. And then there is some other character. I don't remember what her name is. Who's the creator of Julie eight. Um, and robot romance is looked down upon, of course, because they're robots, but Romeo and Juliet fall in love, which causes all sorts of conflict, but it's all okay. Because in the end, Mr. Thunderbottom falls in love with Mrs. Whoever she is. Uh, and they merge the companies and everything's okay. <laughs> oh, that's, oh, that's a very so different... really faithful, very yeah. faithful ending. <laughs> I was going to say, it's a little different. To the source material. (laughs) I will say, that still sounds super rad, honestly. Like, that that synopsis sounds so cool. Like, a really interesting take on Romeo and Juliet. (laughs) I think it was just, like, a made-for-TV movie. So, like, it wouldn't be a big investment to watch if you you came across it. (laughs) Anyway... That's a lot more about Max Ferguson than anybody asked for. Basically, he's just a, a really, I think, famous Canadian radio person. <laughs> that was a wonderful palate clan- cleanser to help us transition into yeah. this, I think. You know what? We needed it. We really <laughs> <Yeah>. did. <laughs> yeah. And Tommy brought up Into the Spider-Verse at the beginning. So, you know, it's all fate. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so this episode, which is not racist and way more fun, goes like this. This segment opens with Spider-Man scouting out Fifth Avenue for something expensive enough to pique the interest of New York's latest super thief, Phantom. Just as he places a spider tracer on a fancy coat in a display window, Phantom shows up. Before Spidey can act, though, a mannequin in the window comes alive and uses a knockout gas on Spider-Man before shrinking the store's valuables, including the coat, and hiding them in a dollhouse. (laughs) There's a dollhouse nearby, by the way, because... I guess the Daily Bugle was doing like a toy drive and using like a nearby storefront uh, or that same storefront to advertise their toy drive. That's why there's a dollhouse there. The main reason that my synopsis for this episode was like not a real synopsis is because this episode is uh, just (laughs) what you can't. You can't. Yeah. You can't summarize it. That's the reason you didn't do a real synopsis, Derek, for just this episode (laughs) only. (laughs) <laughs> also i was tired so that. well the police eventually arrive and you guessed it blame spider-man for the crime when no one else is around but he flees before they can catch him later that evening at the phantom's lair he reviews sacks full of miniaturized treasures stolen by more living mannequin robots named sandra diane and marie <laughs> When Marie reports that the dollhouse containing her spoils was sent to the Daily Bugle, the Phantom, of course, targets the Bugle to get the dollhouse back. Luckily, after some trouble tracking the now tiny tracer, because she shrunk the tracer as well, Spider-Man manages to follow a signal from the coat and catches Phantom red-handed trying to steal the dollhouse. The two clash, but Phantom comes out on top, grabs the dollhouse, and escapes using all sorts of gadgets. After following the dollhouse's signal and briefly encountering the terrifying Sandra and Diane, Spider-Man is cornered by Marie, who brings him right to Phantom's hideout, (laughs) which is what he was trying to do in the first place. (laughs) Phantom tries to shrink Spider-Man with the mannequin robots, but Spidey easily dodges 
all of his attacks and webs him right up. No problem. The episode ends with the police discovering Phantom all webbed up among his mannequin robots in a store window display. <laughs> Hello, amazing friends. We just wanted to take a quick moment to thank our spectacular enough patrons, Bo, Eric, Steve, Carl, Katie, Mike, and Lillian. If you would like to support our show too, our way of saying thanks is by giving you lots of cool Spidey goodies. You'll have early access to all our episodes, including our AMAs, where we answer your burning questions about anything and everything. And we mean everything. If you join us at our $5 spectacular level, you get to hear us let loose and talk about wackier stuff in our After Dark commentaries or our movie commentaries, where we watch every single Spidey-related theatrical film, from the Raimi films to Amazing Spider-Man to Spider-Verse, Venom, Avengers Endgame, and more. And at our amazing tier, we'll invite you to be a guest on our show. That's right, you. You all make our show better, whether it's by sending us Word Snappers words, making us fan art, joining our Discord community, or just listening to us every week. This is our way of saying thank you for supporting this show and inspiring us to dip into media even we didn't realize was on our radar. Whatever tier you opt into, thank you so much. Whether you're an avid listener or just stopping by, we appreciate you. From your friendly neighborhood podcasters, thank you. All right, I'm way more excited to ask you this time, Tommy. What'd you think of this one? <laughs> so I loved it, uh, especially after watching uh, the segment before, uh, but also just because it was goofy and wacky and uh, everything, I think uh, you all probably loved about it as well. It was just so out there. One thing I will say, uh, so first of all, I wanted to ask a question. When Spider-Man was knocked out the first time by the nerve gas, he says yeah. something. What did he say? Because I... I don't, it sounded like it was supposed to be a specific word or a specific thing, and I rewatched it like three times, and I could not tell what he was saying, and I don't know if either of you caught it. Oh, I'm not oh. sure. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm i the one here that has the actual physical discs with the subtitles on them, uh, but I don't remember the scene you're talking about, <laughs> was, so I wouldn't be able to tell you. It was so weird. It was so bizarre. Uh, but anyway, oh. I outside of that, uh, some of my favorite, I mean, moments was... Um, the first mannequin, and I'm going to struggle remembering uh, which mannequin was which. Oh, it uh, doesn't matter. I just thought their yeah. names were hilarious. Yeah, no, I <laughs> loved it. Amazing. Uh, the first, I loved when the first mannequin, she was shrinking things, and she was just saying <laughs> the name of everything she was shrinking as she was doing it. She it was, was like, so good. mirror, and then, like, chair. <laughs> <laughs> so good. It was so good and so silly. Um, and then there was some other just, like, really f- I think unintentionally funny moments as well, where yeah. like uh, later on in the episode after he tracks the phantom and he, they're in the bugle, the phantom kind of knocks him out again briefly. And then Spider-Man says like, well, that's what I wanted to do anyway. But like Spider-Man ambushed him into the, in the room and didn't need to, <laughs> if his whole plan yeah. was to just follow him back to his lair. Like it was so, yeah. it was so yep. weird and then he, and like, funny. He got his- ass kick too yeah. like he gets hit in the fucking face with a desk chair like it looks so brutal and then he's like uh yeah that was my plan like i really think he was just like saving face f- for himself like <laughs> i, I meant, meant to do that, that. <laughs> <laughs> i meant to get my ass handed to me by this dude like <laughs> yeah <laughs> oh man but yeah it oh was oh my gosh it was it was a really fun one uh and uh the only thing i was disappointed about i totally thought spider-man was gonna get shrunk 
Uh, yeah. Yeah. Later on, missed opportunity. Yeah, it's such a missed opportunity. <laughs> and I feel like too because uh, shows at that time love doing like the shrunken down character with like the really high pitched voice, and I was just expecting that to happen. Um, yeah. And then it never did. But um, but yeah, that's the only thing I wish would have happened in that episode. That would have been so good. Make this. We talked about a, a, a you know a full twenty some minute episode last week. Make this a full twenty some minute episode as well. Just get rid of last segment and mm-hmm. and actually shrink spider-man in this one and give us a whole second you know part to this episode oh hell yeah yeah that would be so good <laughs> it would and if you want to like a uh, like a little minor spoiler there's a future episode of this show that like revisits the shrinking thing and spider-man does like shrink in it for a hot second but it's not like a full shrinking adventure it's for like, <sighs> a minute and he catches the villain um the the 81 show does a full yeah. shrinking episode that i think that i enjoy a lot and think is really fun um but yeah they should have done it here it would have been great like because this episode as it stands i think goes by way too fast it, it just kind of ends yeah. very abruptly and that would have been a great way to expand it out into a full episode oh, i know and there's so much good stuff here if you're gonna do like a sort of knockoff version of a villain do it this way not not the last way yeah. you know because this yeah. is like a lot of what's going on here is sort of mysterio adjacent <laughs> yeah um but i still wasn't bothered because this was such a not mysterio like plan you know yeah so even though some of the stuff he did was like mysterio it's it you know it it's way more practical i feel like than mysterio he's, tends to be far less dramatic <laughs> he's a little mysterio a little bit tinkerer but like yeah. his phantom thing is its own weird vibe and i mean i don't know it's just like the thing with the dude that I think is kind of like it's it makes him like a bad memorable villain, but it makes him also like super fun at the same time. Is that like he doesn't have a brand? Like there's no like there's his no eyes. like his eyes are the brand. <laughs> I guess so. Like there's just he there's no like he's the villain who does X. He's like he looks like like a hooded like almost Grim Reaper kind of figure, but he also does like literally everything with technology. Like he has shrink rays, he has robots, he has laser pens, he has like knockout gas. Like he just does everything, which is like a you know it seems like it's like too much, but also that's what makes it so fun. Is because like oh this is you're gonna do this now, okay? Oh you're gonna throw out that now, oh, okay? Like. Yeah. Yeah, not it's unexpected. He's a tech-based villain with a bad costume and a bunch of like hot robots. Yeah, I'm like, here I for love it. it. It's great. <laughs> but <laughs> also gone places with this. Tommy, what did you think of the Phantom? I love them. I, I I agree. I feel like it was very, very just kind of like generic. Like you know what I mean? <laughs> like I was just kind of like, what is happening? I also loved the fact that like as he was escaping, he's just on foot, like just running away with the dollhouse, <laughs> like just running through the streets of New York, so like. He, <laughs> He has all this technology, but he doesn't have a car. Like, <laughs> uh, yeah, and and right after you see him just run down the street with a dollhouse, I think that's when Spider Man's just like, "Oh, he got away in a puff of smoke." It's like you could have looked out the window. But <laughs> no, he okay. didn't. He just like took a right like down the next block. Like, <laughs> what are you talking about? You know who he feels like, and I don't know if this will mean much to either of you, but I hope it does. He feels like the type of villain you would use in like the first six issues of like a new superhero comic in the universe. Like he feels yeah. like yep. an early Miles Morales villain or an early Kamala Khan villain because they're sort of like a weird forgotten about villain that isn't quite like successful enough to be like a super villain uh, that you can kind of like yeah. poke fun at and like can be sort of a pain in the butt, you know, You're like, didn't I get you last week? <laughs> like, what are yeah. you still doing this for? You know, it doesn't present like a serious danger necessarily. <laughs> That's what this guy feels like. And I love it. 
Yeah, he also gives me like Moon Knight vibes a little bit from like his costume, yeah. which might be offensive to Moon Knight fans because I don't <laughs> think that's like a, that's not like a positive. But I think just just the way that his like his costume and his whole energy is uh, does a little bit. Yeah, I was gonna say too. Like, I feel like having these robots that can shrink things could be a really potent superpower uh, <laughs> or, or or you know villainous trait. Um, but he just. He just decides he just wants to just steal random shit. And it and some of it is random. Like when you see the stuff that he's like there's like a washing machine, I think, that he'd shrunk yeah. down. Like like, okay, like you're gonna just shrink down a washing machine and then just go sell it again. Like that's your whole plan. Like It's, it's so funny. It's so bizarre. It's so weird. Yeah, because it's like you know, at first you see like the mink coat or whatever, and you're like, Oh, he like he's probably like a jewel thief, like a really like all the stuff he's like stealing is like high society stuff. But like some of it is literally like, yeah, a, a washing machine, <laughs> a chair, a mirror. <laughs> like it's just literally anything he can shrink and then resell. <laughs> it's so, which could only work like before uh you know everything was tracked constantly like this yeah. th- this plot would never work now <laughs> yeah it's just like just a, a, a normal standard everyday villain like just <laughs> robbing stores but with just yeah. a few extra steps like yeah <laughs> so is he just a guy is that i mean we don't know but like is he just a guy it seems like it. <laughs> he's a fan guy. <laughs> he's a great engineer and inventor that i guess right yeah. like that's gotta be it yeah <laughs> That's true. This is the kind of character you also could have easily like revealed as somebody else in the comic book, you know? Because mm-hmm. like the, we have no, we get no information about this guy whatsoever, other than he's yeah he's an engineer, I guess. <laughs> it's yeah. so funny. So, so this is this. I'm just gonna ask a not very smart question. So the Phantom doesn't show up in Spider-Man stuff ever again. Oh no. Right? No, no. Okay. There's there's a slew of characters in this series, Tommy, that just never show up ever again. And it's my dream to like have a piece of artwork that is all of those characters together. Incredible, <laughs> yeah. uh, because they appear nowhere else. You know, can I just? I had a I had an idea that I think could be fun. Peter Parker is kind of like an engineer in a way, right? So like, mm-hmm. I could see there being a story where like you wrap things all together where Spider-Man isn't the one framed, but Peter Parker is because people recognize that the Phantom is using all these like gadgets and stuff. And mm-hmm. you could tie it into some sort of research or something that Peter Parker was doing at the time. I want that story oh, where no one knows who the Phantom is and Peter Parker's the one accused instead of Spider-Man. I want That's that. I'm down super for that. Super fun. Yeah. yeah. I'm sure someone's done that with something before, but do it with the Phantom. That's what I want with the Phantom. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I did think the eyes were cool. I know I only briefly mentioned I thought the eyes were cool. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I love the sparkles, like all the sparkles in his hood that, yeah. that happen. Because it's not always just like his eyes. Like it's just like they're <gasps> random sparkles that flash sometimes. This would be such an easy cosplay. Oh, you yeah. Get like a, you get like a jumpsuit, like a work jumpsuit type thing. And like a, a cape that goes over your face. And you get like the the sort of black fabric you can see through and have like twinkle lights behind it. Dude. Dude, oh, that'd be great! I was that'd also be so good. good. I love that you said that because I was I was thinking while I was watching it too that his his outfit was you're right it was like it's just like a work jumpsuit like and then and then <laughs> yeah. the the cowl cape thing like I was like that's that's the other part of it um, but yeah I do remember like a moment just being like oh it just looks like a, a you know a dude who's like working in a lab or something like that it didn't seem very that special at all <laughs> like the rest of it no yeah. 
It's it's there's <laughs> really not much to it. <laughs> God, I want to know his story so bad. Seriously. <laughs> And then he has this army of robot mannequin women who can shrink things with their eyeballs. And he had them placed <laughs> in department stores somehow. Like, yeah, how, he, do you, how do you do that? Does he have an in with these department stores to get mannequins like put put in there? Like, I, I I don't know how that works. Huh? Yeah. Does he? Does he like? Uh, what's what's the opposite of moonlighting? Daylighting? Does he like, <laughs> does he like daylight as a? As a store window designer, that would have been a pretty prestigious job. Wow, that's even more related to the movie Mannequin that I was like halfway <laughs> referencing in the uh, in the synopsis. I love it. It's all it's all coming full circle. <laughs> oh man, the, uh, genuinely I'm surprised at how much fun this episode is, given that it's a, yeah. a villain we don't know. Yeah. Uh, and that he's pretty much just a guy stealing stuff. <laughs> and the fact that he does name his robot mannequin yes! specific yeah. names, yes! Sandra, Diane, and Marie, which it's like, who's Sandra? Who's Diane? Who are these women in your real life, sir? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, there's there's something going on there psychologically with him that I am desperate to know more about. Oh, my gosh. I, I could write the very first ever Fifth Avenue Phantom fanfic. Oh, please do. <laughs> I, I'll, I will 100% read that if you write that. Add it to the list of, like, 100 fanfics <laughs> I said I'm going to write that I've never written. <laughs> also, they don't reveal that these, these mannequins are robots until, like, the very end, right? I didn't yeah. miss that early on. No, okay. they don't. Because I, like, as I was, I was watching it, I was, like, trying to figure out, like, okay, how what, how am I going to refer to these things? Like, are they living mannequins? Are yeah. they are they actually women? Like, like what are these? And then, yeah, you see the controller at the end. That was his robot or whatever. <laughs> I think it literally says robot. <laughs> yeah. I, 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 I had that same thought as well. And I was just kind of like, I, are these, are these just like women who are like, just, I thought they might've been under a spell or something like yeah. that too. You yeah. know, like I was like, Oh, maybe the phantom is like mystical and has like magic powers and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and has put, you know, somehow these, these women under a trance and they were just hiding as mannequins. So yeah, I, I, it took me just a while until they, they revealed that they were robots that I was like, Oh, okay. They just, they're just actual <laughs> robots. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so bizarre, but so good. So good. Very so good. Diane, yeah. what have you brought me? <laughs> Sandra, get him. <laughs> I think Sandra's like like uh dressed as like a tennis player in a store window and then he like yeah. knocks on the window like, "Hey, you know, he's coming." She's <laughs> like, "Okay, got it." Like it's just so good. <laughs> oh my god, it's beautiful. I love it so much. Yeah, I'm a fan. I'm a um, Fandra. Just- <laughs> you're fandra yeah she's my favorite yeah she's she's the best <laughs> i just it's just a fun detail one of the toys in the toy store when they show the uh when they or whatever store it was when, when they exactly show the doll you're about to say yeah the, there's a there's a miscolored winnie the pooh there yep it's just straight up winnie the pooh it's oh, great. straight up <laughs> i did not notice that <laughs> they yep. just make it sort of like a darker mustard color and give it a blue shirt but it's yeah. straight up Winnie the Pooh. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. Oh, that's great. Well, any other thoughts on this uh, This much more fun segment? <laughs> um, or fanfic ideas? No, I mean, I, I think I think the fanfic idea is, is rad. In fact, I would love... <laughs> I was thinking about it, too. Like, what if there is... I want to I want to know more about the robots. Like like 
what if it was written from the robot's point of view? Like, what what are they thinking the entire si- time? Sandra, Diane, Marie, like, <laughs> yeah. I want it from I want it from their point of view. That's what I want this the yeah. fanfic to be. But no, I think that the um, all of the like random gadgets too. I know we talked about it briefly, but I thought those were those were super cool. Uh, I always love a good uh, you know in sixties sixties stuff like a pen uh uh laser <laughs> uh yeah yep. and there was also a great line uh when uh whichever uh of the mannequins catch a spider-man uh he says he says i never say no to a, a lady with a laser uh which, <laughs> which i was like that's oh, you know it's probably like a little bit uh uh not great but i thought it was kind of funny it's also a very specific rule to have as like a yeah. life uh sort of guiding <laughs> principle you know how many times have you run into ladies with a laser? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm not saying if anybody's pointing a laser at me, I'm probably just doing whatever they ask. Like, no matter what. <laughs> like... Very true. <laughs> I just had a, one, one fun thing that I pulled from the, uh, from the 67 book. It's, just, it's some more, this is, this is storyboards in this case. Some more fun images. I just thought it was kind of cool because in the storyboards, the way that the phantom is drawn, like makes him look like he already looks cool, but I feel like it makes him look even cooler because he's like super creepy because they make his eyes like super yeah. angry. Like it's just a great drawing of the Phantom, and I also love the drawing of the mannequins that they have in the storyboard because they look so glamorous the way that they're drawn and shaded. Oh my gosh, I'm yeah. reading this note word for word. Note, please. The three principal mannequins' face features are the same, but they have different colored clothes, hairstyle, and color. Marie, red hair, evening gown. Sandra, black hair, tennis shorts. Diane, blonde hair, short dress. That's amazing, and that makes it into the episode as is. Oh, wow. I didn't yeah. even notice that their Yeah, their faces are, like, identical. I didn't notice that. That's yeah. amazing. That's such a cool That's, detail. It's kind of a cool, I feel like, lesson in, like, character design, too, because it is really, like, if you are trying to do a, like a cheaper show, like you can really make the the character models like exactly the same. Swap out the hair and hair color, and it, there you go, different character. Yeah, because like, we yeah. didn't notice that we were watching it. You know, that's oh wow, that's so wild. Yeah, that's awesome. I also mm-hmm. like, and y'all might have talked about this before, but I, I don't know the why do they refer to Spider Man clinging to the building with suction cups, <laughs> like on that storyboard? I, I don't. I don't know. No, I have no clue what that means in the storyboard. Yeah, I also just like his clinging to the building by suction cups, holding a light. Like, like, yep. Like pointing a light at what? Like he has a flashlight on the top of a building. Like, what is? I don't. There are honestly moments. There aren't that many, but there occasionally will come across something where I'm like, did the people making the show know what Spider Man is? you know what i mean yeah we talked about that a little bit i think in our episode 100 or maybe it was i don't know what it was but there was something where i was like did they know what what this hero was or what his powers were like do they have any idea (laughs) most of the time yeah they do but yeah suction cups is one of those moments he's he's the hero with suction cups and a flashlight right oh yeah 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 that one (laughs) that's spider-man uh, I will say the, the speaking of that storyboard, I, I do love uh, the phantom picture and then also the picture of one of the mannequins. It, it just looks it looks awesome. Like, I, I yeah. really like that a lot. It's like I wish I mean, I, the, the the show looks fun. I kind of sometimes I'm like, God, I wish like the art that they did in the storyboards was actually the type of art that, that made it yeah. into the show. Would have been way harder to animate because, like, oh, the yeah. thing that makes it look good, I think, is, like, a lot of the shading and stuff. But, like, they had really good artists working on this show. Like, they, 
it looks great. It, you know, they were just dealing with, uh, when it came to actually animating it and making it onto the TV, it's just, uh, probably had to be a lot cheaper and hastier, unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> this was a fun one. I think that there were, like, like y'all said uh, a bunch of times, I lots of just fun, really funny moments. Um, I, I know it's, it's, it's going to come up uh, a, a little bit, but the the store owner as well was a really great character uh, who's, who's only there briefly. Uh, I forget the character's name, but he was really funny. I liked him a lot. Who does he look? He looks like an actor. He he looks like, I was going to say he looks like a cartoon character from like He another... looks like Mr. Magoo. Yeah, hmm. that might be, that might be what it is. Like, I guess I'll, I'll transition to the faces of the episode because the first face is of the shopkeep. Yeah. Um, and I love seeing him throw his absolute tantrum when Spider-Man leaves because he thinks, you know, he thinks that Spider-Man is the Fifth Avenue Phantom. And he just, like, looks like a crying baby when he's, when he's like, <laughs> oh, yeah. shouting up at him. It's great. He uh, he's, he's having a bad day. <laughs> he is. I will say that still image is a little terrifying because the way uh his fingers i guess i think on his right hand are it's a little like off putting <laughs> like it just looks a little unnatural like how his, his two <laughs> fingers are there yeah but i do i do love that that animation of that like just classic like really weirdly drawn uh cartoon character i just love it yeah yeah i do too I also just like uh, during during the fight with the Phantom Spider-Man just gets his head like bashed through the J. Jonah Jameson portrait. Uh, and it's a cute look because, you know, it's just Spider-Man's head on Jameson's <laughs> body now. Um, it's a cute joke. I liked it. Yeah, it's good. <laughs> it's good. And, and then, of course, the iconic look of the mannequin robots when they're standing together and their eyes start flashing different colors for some reason. I don't know why, but it looks fantastic and I love it. Yeah, love great. it for them. <laughs> they're so great that. yeah so good. it's a friend group <laughs> well that's all i that's all i got for this episode uh or this segment it's great fun loved it i'm glad i'm glad that that tommy your introduction to the show got to at least have like half of a good episode yeah <laughs> so. I, if if uh if the first segment was a full episode and that was the full thing i would have <laughs> i would have been so angry uh no i'm just kidding i would have been angry <laughs> But uh, uh, I, I, I'm very glad that this this part followed it because it was just just pure, pure fun. This one was. Yeah. yeah. And a much more, I think, appropriate example of, of the kind of fun that this show has. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I'm fully on board. I, I think that they should. I think they need to hire an animating team and just re- redo this episode as a full episode in the same style you know, same types of jokes, everything like that, and just make yeah. it a full, full episode, and just erase, erase the first half yes. uh, from history. <laughs> yes, That's fantastic. And shrink Spider Man. Mm. Yeah, there you go. Shrink Spider Man. Oh my gosh! Please. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag release the the shrunken Spider Man. <laughs> oh God! Oh no! I love it. Oh man, let's start that campaign, please. <laughs> well cool cool yeah thanks for sticking with us with this ridiculous ride to tommy where uh where would you like to be found what cool stuff are you doing what would you like to plug yeah absolutely uh so you all mentioned it at the top of the episode uh my partner cassie and i are going to be releasing a new podcast where we're kind of going into the star wars television uh series series uh multiple series um <laughs> and it is called distant echoes uh and it's a star wars podcast 
We've already got um, a handful of episodes recorded uh, just in the editing process of that. And if you want to ha- find more information about that, you can follow at Distant Echoes SW, um, or you can just follow me as well. I'm at Awkward Comma on Twitter. Nice. Look forward to that. Yeah. Well, if you would like to hear more from Doug and I, you can... First, I would plug our Patreon, patreon.com slash wobblingwebsnappers, where we've got tons of bonus content uh, ready and waiting for you. And we would love it if you would check out our Discord, chat us up a little bit. It's a, it's a great place to, to reach out to us. Uh, but if you would like to reach out to us individually, where can we find you, Doug? Sure, you can find me on Twitter at IckyBooley, I-C-K-Y-B-O-O-L-E-Y. You can also find me on another podcast here on the 4-Eyed Radio Network called Victory Road. It's a Pokemon podcast where I get together with my friends and talk about Pokemon just as I feel like it. Tommy was actually a guest uh, on that show recently to talk about Pokemon Unite, so check that out. Um, You can also listen to me on a podcast called Novel Gaming. It's a podcast about books and video games with our splashes of pop culture hosted by me and my friends Vicky and Katie. Derek, where can people find you? Sure, you can find me on Twitter at Derek B. Gale. Um, You could also find me in person this the this week if you're listening to this the week that the episode drops i'll actually be at dragon con in atlanta and i will be on a spider-man and his amazing friends 40th anniversary retrospective panel on saturday so check it out also check out our monthly podcast falling with style an ongoing pixar movie marathon where we watch every pixar film chronologically our episode on cars 2 is out now wherever you get your podcasts and you can find all that stuff i just talked about on our website wallopingwebsnappers.com where we have a full archive of all of our episodes if you'd like to follow us on twitter instagram and facebook we're on all of those places at Walloping Web Pod. And like we kind of mentioned earlier in the episode, if you'd like to email us any thoughts about this, this, the, a lot of the complicated stuff we talked about today, uh, feel free to email us at wallopingwebsnapperspodcast at gmail.com. And if you could rate, review, and subscribe to us across all po- major podcast platforms, that definitely helps us out. Next week, Spidey faces a villain named Magneto, but not the one you're thinking mm. of. And a sinister prime minister, but also probably not any of the real life ones you might be thinking of. <laughs> oh, man. In <laughs> Revenge of Dr. Magneto, I think is how it's pronounced, and the sinister prime minister. I love that. <laughs> See you then. My spider sense tells me that a miss is as good as a mile. Don't miss your friendly neighborhood Spider Man in action next week. Spider-Man!